You're listening to the Between You and Me podcast, brought to you by JesusWire.com, with your host, Jessica Morris. Hello, my friends. Welcome to a brand new episode of Between You and Me the podcast where we talk to music makers about the things that hurt, heal, and change us in evangelical culture. Today is, as always, a special episode, but we have one of worship music's current biggest names chatting with us, Josh Baldwin. Now, lovers of contemporary worship music will be very familiar with Josh. He is part of the Bethel Worship Team in Redding, California, He's released a few albums. His latest, The War Is Over, came out a few years back and went ridiculously big in Christian circles. Uh, And ever since, Josh has been known as one of the premier Christian musicians in the worship markets. Add into that, like, the the fuel and the power that Bethel has and their label has, and um, it's really unstoppable. So I was excited to talk to Josh because I wanted to get to know this dude. Like, who are you? How did this happen? And where did your music career start? And what I loved is that I found that once you step up to the table, like I did with our friends at Hillsong, and sort of go, let's just take away like the branding and put that to the side and just say, hey, who are you? Let's meet, let's talk. You meet a real person, an awesome person, uh, someone who has a lot to contribute to the world. And I was so pleasantly and wonderfully surprised by Josh. As someone who has been cynical about evangelical culture, I mean, that's why I started this podcast. It's no secret between us. It was a really timely reminder for me uh, to see my friend on the screen and go, yes, I see you. I understand you. And he was so honest. He was, he was so down to earth. So what you're going to hear today is our chat, which was during like the heaviness of isolation, he released an EP called Live in Church, which is ironic, right? Because we couldn't actually meet in church during that time. And depending what country you're in, you're probably not currently meeting in church. So we had a big chat about that. Uh, Now to top it off, Josh is actually releasing a new single today called Evidence. So it's a perfect time for you guys to hear this conversation and hear the heartbeat of one of our most well-known worship writers at the moment. I am delighted to introduce you to Josh Baldwin. A reminder, you will hear a short intro, a bio about him, and then we will go straight into the interview and you'll hear some of his music. So get ready to meet our new friend, Josh Baldwin. There's something in the water in the small northern California town of Reading, home of the Grammy-nominated worship band Bethel Music from Bethel Church. Over the years, this town has produced some of Christian music's best singers to the world. People like Kim Walker-Smith, Amanda Cook, Corey Asbury, and of late, Dante Bowie. And then there is Josh Baldwin. And while he's a worship pastor at the church's Reading campus, and was signed to their label in 2014, simply to find Josh by his work through Bethel is like only eating the frosting on the cake. Because even though CCM has just discovered the sounds of this worship acoustic treasure, Josh has been sharing it with the world for more than a decade. And it started because he was, what else, a pastor's kid. And trust me, as a fellow PK, you can always pick out one in a crowd. Born and raised in Balmarie, North Carolina, Josh picked up the drums early on, accompanying his father, who was a worship leader. And like all PKs, he then turned his hand and voice to worship leading and playing guitar. 
worship ministry only became a career and calling for him when he entered college. And after an encounter at a youth camp, of course, he pulled out and enrolled at Morningstar Ministry School in North Carolina. Attending with peers including John Mark McMillan and future Bethel label mate Jonathan David Hessler, Josh appeared on his first live worship recordings in 2008. His song After You was featured on Morningstar Fellowship's compilation Worship and Warfare Volume 3, a title that would undoubtedly make Carmen very proud. And the same year, his version of Love Only You came out on their Jesus Broken album. He was part of the Morningstar Church Fellowship team for nine years, during which he would become a worship minister at their Wilkesboro campus in North Carolina. And during this time, he also became a touring musician for people like Rita Springer and Susie Yarrell. Josh's passion for writing his own worship music spurred him to release his debut solo album, Changing, in 2008. And this also signaled his move to Charlotte, North Carolina, where he would become the worship pastor at Queen City Church. Partnering his ministry with his creativity, Josh tried his hand at another solo album in 2014. He successfully crowdfunded for the project, which would gain him attention from musicians across the country. Rivers reached 44 on the Billboard Heat Seekers chart, and after spending a week across the country with the Bethel Music team, Josh was signed as the newest artist on their ever-expanding label. After some more appearances on Morningstar Records, Josh and his wife Sheila made the move to Reading, making way for his appearance on Bethel's successful live album Have It All in 2016, where he sang Praises Be Lifted Up. Come 2017, and this was Josh's moment. Partnering with Bethel Music, he released a single Get Your Hopes Up before unleashing album number three, titled The War Is Over. It put this hardworking muso on the map, and the critically acclaimed worship album reached a top three on the Billboard Christian charts and the British Christian music charts before his song Stand In Your Love hit number two on Christian radio and in the Billboard Top 10 Christian airplay charts for 2019. The song was featured on Bethel's live worship album Victory, and Josh was nominated for Breakout Single of the Year and Worship Song of the Year at the 2019 K-Love Fan Awards. He was also nominated for Worship Record of the Year and New Artist of the Year at the Dove Awards. Trust me, in Christian music, this is huge. He also collaborated with Christine DeClaro on her album Emmanuel and sung on Bethel Music's first Spanish album, crossing the cultural divide we often find in contemporary Christian worship music. Dropping a follow-up single, Let the Redeems, mid last year, Josh continued to serve at Bethel Church and their School of Ministry. This formed the foundations for his next solo worship project, which was just released, Live in Church, the EP, is a project which coincidentally came out right when we were restricted from gathering together in church buildings due to COVID-19. While promoting this album, Josh also appeared on Bethel's latest worship album, Revivals in the Air, which came out May 29. And as we begin to step out of isolation and navigate what life and church looks like, Josh is back with even more solo music. This time, his song Evidence showcases his southern tones and ability to point people towards hope. And that is out today. I spoke to Josh Baldwin during isolation about why he released an album about church when church is shut down, how he finds common ground in a global church that experiences division, and what life looks like now he has more time at home and less on the road. My friends, Meet the newest member of the Between You and Me family. This is Josh Baldwin. Why release an EP during a global pandemic? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, I would love to say that I planned it and I knew that the global pandemic was going to happen and we were all going to be quarantined, but I did not know that. And we, um, I'm trying to think, I think we decided to do it a few like a month before everything hit and and um and and i know not so the beauty of it all is 
we I'm working on a new album right now, um, and I've been in the studio. Actually, I was able to finally go to the studio last week. Congrats! <laughs> it, it got pushed back so long, but finally Nashville opened up, and uh, I went to the studio. And so I'm working on new music for the fall. But um, the week before, when all that was happening, I just I was talking to my wife and some friends, and I, I felt like, man, I have these older these older songs. They were on my last album that we do all the time at church at Bethel. And I was just like, I really want to get these live moments out and kind of like, in some ways, like close the chapter mm-hmm. on the last three years before I move into this new season of like new songs that I'm, that I'm very excited about. But there was something about me almost couldn't give my heart completely to those. I get that. You know, it was a weird, you know, it's a weird artsy thing probably that doesn't make sense. As, a, as a creative, I get it. Right, right. I get it. And so, and the beauty of it was, you know, Bethel, we were always recording, we're always, we stream everything almost. The joke around, I always joke around, if I'm at a meeting that's even just like 10 of us, I'm like, are we streaming? (laughs) Um, And we're obviously not. But, so, we already, we didn't have to go and actually record all this. It was already stuffed back. So I talked with the guys and they're like, you should, yeah, go back and, we mostly looked at like the things we had done at our worship school that we do every summer, and um, because it, for multiple reasons, it's the the band is it's our it's our it's our main guys, you know. So we we have our main guys. It's, it, that's amazing. And then and then when you bring in students from all over, or worship leaders from all over the world, they come together once a year there. It's it's our favorite time of the year, and it's always amazing. The Lord always moves. So. Um, I went back and mostly looked at that and just tried to find like the moments with the songs that I was really feeling should be on this album. I was trying to find the moments that felt like that they weren't just for that moment, but they were maybe could be for other yeah. for you know forever <laughs> to just yeah. to, to be on the internet forever. And so, um, so yeah, when we decided to do that, it was before all of this happened with the quarantine and with the COVID, and so. Then all that happened, and I realized when it was going to come out, and I thought, I was like, wow, this is kind of funny that I'm releasing an album called Live at Church, and none of us can actually be live at church right now. <laughs> um, so uh, I did find there was, yeah, I did, that wasn't lost on me, <laughs> the, the humor and the art. That's great. That. But, um, you know, I, I think, too, it's been special, too, because I know for us, we never listen to worship music and music in general so much as we are right now in mm-hmm. our homes. And so there was part of that. I was like, well, people are going to have plenty of time to listen to this. And, and there's, I don't know, and for us too, I thought um, it was such a picture to listen to all these live songs and listen to the, the congregation sing them with with me. Um, it, it, you know, it reminded me of how much I love my church and how much I love the church and how much I love gathering corporately, whether it be 10 of us or a thousand of us. Um, and so there was some part of that where it made me a little sad because I missed it, but then also happy for what's to come, you know, in the yes. future and what the Lord's doing. And so, um, yeah, I, I love, I love all that's happened with it and how it's kind of happened in this time and the Lord's used it and, um, yeah, it makes it even more special. Let me 
so timely I think when we're all so isolated it's like we when I was listening to it what I really loved was how prominent the voices of of the congregation are it's like it is live at church like you're leading and this is everyone together it reminded me of worship music I listened to when I was like because I grew up with early Hillsong it reminded me of their studio albums and I love like sorry live albums I love that you chose to go live because it reminded me of the body of Christ, which let's be real, we all need a reminder of right now because we're at home. So um, I appreciated that so much. That's what I wanted. I'm so glad. Thank you. Because so, I, that was the most important thing to me was I want, I told the guys, I was like, yeah, like leave the crowds up. Like I want, mm-hmm. I wanted, and the, they really, I mean, those moments were, they didn't have, you know, they were, they were just that loud too. <laughs> yes. So, but we, you know, we didn't do anything music. We didn't doctor any of that up. We didn't, we didn't re-record or overdub anything. That's that's all my live voice. That's the band. That's the way they played it. We didn't redo anything. I just wanted it to be like as is. That's so good. And um, and I love that. We didn't we didn't even edit it to like, um, you know, to fit a certain time in. However we went, that's how we went. And and that's even you said Hillsong. That's even how the Hillsong United song. Yeah came in there. I enjoyed that so much. I was like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> I loved I it. Loved, I mean, I love that song. And I thought of, I knew in that moment, I was like, I knew that I, I just kind of spontaneously went into it. We weren't really planning it. And then it just took off. And uh, when I was listening back to that song, thinking, okay, well, I knew I wanted that my song's mountains to be on the album. And so then I thought, okay, we'll just, we could just cut it. But then that whole moment, it, made, it was like fountains without that moment didn't feel like that, you know, I was like, I can't not have this on there. And, uh, yeah. So yeah, it was like, all right, if we're going to be true to this is live, this is how it was, then, mm-hmm. then throw that on there too. And uh, we'll, you know, we'll split it up into two tracks. So people, nice. Win. Yeah. Two for one. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Then, then, then it's, yeah. I was joking with somebody the other day. They were like, is it, is it an EP? Because it feels long. I was like, I mean, it was supposed to be an EP and then we just kept adding songs to it and it's long. But, <laughs> I guess, you know, you can, we, we call it an EP. I don't know if it technically still is anymore. We'll just run with it. It means that you can yeah. add live EP to your to your resume. And and right. and media people love that. So just run with that. <laughs> that's perfect. Yeah. Um, you talked a little bit about, actually, I, what I love is I literally had a question here. Why is communal worship so sacred? You literally answered it within the first minute of us talking, which I love because it's just such an organic part of you. Um, but why why is it so significant, so spiritually sacred for us to gather 
and worship collectively, um, especially in a time now where we can't do that? Like what, what's the difference spiritually when we actually are able to come together, when it's healthy again? Right, right. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, there's the obvious like two or more gathered thing. There he is. And I, but, um, I, you know, I know for me it's, I feel like I get a bigger picture of the Lord's heart by seeing his people. I mean, like, I mean, that's, that's physically seeing people is how a lot of times I even see the Lord and see the Lord in people. And, and we gather, I mean, I know for us, we, we were just talking about this yesterday, my wife and I, and she just started to cry a little bit. She was like, I just miss, I miss church. Like, I, I mean, it, there's been, it's, I think the slowing down of everything, and everything focusing on homes yeah. and families has been amazing, and I think we needed it. I know that I probably wouldn't have shut things down like this unless some, unless something is usually going like really wrong and off the rails. That's only that's usually with the last when we shut things down. We wait till the last moment to oh, where yeah. it's like my marriage is ending, or I have to shut. The, you know, if I don't do this, my kid might. You know, whatever yeah. reason. But to, to have it all just be forced on us, like, okay, no, you have to shut down. Then it's like, oh, wow. And I think the Lord's doing something um, so huge with that. And he's using it. He's not causing it. But he's using it. To, and, um, and so that's beautiful. But I also, there's something about being with the body of Christ together, worshiping, lifting up his name, and just that vertical worship where it's like, I'm gonna. Co- we're all coming in, and we're gonna collectively get our eyes off of ourselves right now, and yes. and point them straight to the Lord, and not forget. And it's it's not like a walking in and forgetting like our struggles or forgetting our daily lives that that bring you know whatever bring fear or whatever. It's not. It's not a, like a forgetting about that. It's a it's a giving that to Him, and and when you do that collectively as a body. There's such power in that, and um, there's and man, I, yeah, I, I I can't wait. I'm I'm looking forward to that first day back. I feel like that first day back in church for me is I'm just gonna be crying. I'm just like, ah. Who could I taste Nothing satisfies like you do. The fountain won't run dry. Nothing satisfies like you. And I call you answer. And you came to my rescue, and I, I just wanna. Where?
this season is still. I, I don't want to. I we've talked about it. I've talked about it a lot with a lot of people. I don't. I don't want to miss like what the Lord is doing, what He yeah. wants to do in this season of of um, of home life and family life, and and having to keep things small and simple. I oh yeah, such such a beauty in that. So. Yeah, that's so true. I loved how you talked about um, when the body of Christ comes together, we nearly take our eyes off ourselves. Well, yeah. one, one, we sort of we see how vast it is and embrace that, but we also look to God. And one of the questions I actually had for you as a worship uh, pastor leader who shares your songs and the gospel essentially with people across America and the world Um Knowing that at the moment in the church, the evangelical church, but globally, there's some really obvious division at the moment. Um, just yeah. and it, that's always been a thing, but it's just really come to the fore for in the last few years. Um, and as a worship leader, well, my perspective of it is that you guys nearly come to the front and be like, let's let's combine and unite under this one truth of who God is, and somehow come together. And in that moment, we're joined. We don't agree on everything, but we're joined under this truth. How how do you like keep your head above division or different points of view, yeah. um, especially knowing like that you and Bethel are in different different ways are in the public spotlight? So it's probably harder with with media attention and stuff. Yeah, yeah. No, that is it is tricky. It is. Um, I mean, it can be difficult. I you know I think. I love that that um, I I feel like music I feel like music in general, not even like pulling even back away from like Christian music yeah. worship. Music in general is very um, it's just very uniting in a way. You know, like people from all different beliefs and whatever will come together for a, a one song that they yes. all want, you know or something. And I and it's no different in worship than in Christian. That um, churches that probably pastors disagree with each other. I, I, I mean, I have I have friends that are worship pastors at churches where their church doesn't necessarily vibe with Bethel or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like me and the worship team, you like, like this really good friends. Yeah. Or, I mean, and, and, we, and so there there is something funny about and really cool about. Um, I think the the worship and the music just bring people together and then bring it back to. The, like the focus of it's just all about Jesus, and we like there's so many there's so many things that can bring us division to bring division, and whether it be you know culture, uh, race stuff, mm-hmm. uh, beliefs, and you know theology, all this stuff can the enemy can use to divide us. And I think as worship leaders and songwriters, um, we've been given this like secret weapon of 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 music and of creativity that can actually bring unity. Yeah. And um, I've seen it over and over again. I've seen, like, I've been welcomed into churches that if, had they known I was probably a part of Bethel Church, they wouldn't have well, They wouldn't have brought me. I'm just being real. Um, but because they heard my song on the radio, you know, they they brought me in. And, 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 I, and I know that, and I go in knowing, okay, the Lord has used this as... Is, is a way to just like okay, the, let me let me go in. And I'm going to go in. And I'm going to honor their leadership. I'm going to honor honor them as a house, and I'm also going to try to be myself as much as yeah. I can. And you know, and I think that's I think it's I think it's beautiful, and I think it's good to be aware of it and to pray about how we can use it to help bring unity. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but yeah, it is it is pretty special that to get to be in a part of something that it's a little harder to be divided on music and worship. I love that. Um, I just really appreciated what you said about essentially just walking into churches and communities and being like, I, I'm, I'm giving what I have and I'm here to honour you and serve you and it's not changing who I am. Yeah. But it's just um, it's just something that really resonated with me because it's uh, I, I personally all have always struggled with like, how do I like, I need to love the church, but what do I do? And because we're all human. And so I love, I love how you said that because what you said then and also earlier when you talked about us gathering corporately with all our differences but <laughs> singing one right, song right. it reminds me about god's heart for his people and his yeah. church which is that they come yeah. together um so that's just a personal thank you from me i, I, I needed that <laughs> bit about how you got into well music but worship music I know that you that you well your bio says you moved to Bethel in 2014 ish um but you were a worship pastor leader before that so how did you step into that and was a worship album or like touring recording worship artist ever on the cards did you stumble into it how did it happen (laughs) yeah um so I did. I, I um I, I became part of Bethel Music in 2014, and uh, but before that, I was I I'd been a worship leader and worship pastor for almost 15 years. Like for since well, I, I'd been leading worship for almost a little over 15 years. If you did that without burnout, mad respect <laughs> counts. <laughs> I think I was about to burn out before we moved to Reading. I was on the cusp of it. Yes. Um, no, I. I grew up in church. My dad's a, my dad's a pastor, but he was also a worship leader, and he was very much into music. So I grew up playing drums with him in church when I was you know, 12 and 13, 14 years old. And then uh, when, I was, when I was in youth group, my youth, I started to lead worship when I was probably 16 or 17. Mm-hmm. And 
that's when I started playing acoustic guitar and just really, you know, I knew that this is what, like, I love, this was like a passion of mine. And then, um, and then when I was 20, 21, I went to ministry school and, uh, in Charlotte, North Carolina. And that's when I started writing songs and yeah, that's when it really hit me. Okay. This isn't just like a passion. This is, this isn't just what I love to do. This is what I feel like I'm called to do in my life. And, um, and so, yeah, I, I led worship and traveled some, and uh, and but most of it was just a pa- like worship pastor at a couple small churches in North Carolina um, until 2014. And I was, how old was that, 2014? 35, 35 years old. And um, so that shows you I'm, I'm, I'll be 41 in a couple couple months. But, um, so, yeah, that's what I did. And, and I, I had a relationship with, with Brian and Jen from Bethel Music before I signed. So it didn't just kind of like happen out of nowhere, but you know, the Lord definitely had his hand for, on it for, for a number of years. But yeah, so the, it, it, um, it was definitely a dream of mine and, and to, to be able to travel and to write songs and, and, and get them out and people to hear them. And it, and it kind of was started to happen a little bit through my twenties and, and my early thirties, but it was not in a way that, where I thought it, not in the way that I had been kind of like prophesied over that it would happen. If that makes sense. Yes. Yeah. Like, yep. you, know, you know, there's a lot of times we've been given these words and these promises from the Lord and from other people. And it just, it's it, 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 it been 15 or so years and it yes. hasn't looked like any of that. And I was like, wow, this yep. doesn't look like what everyone said that this was going to be. But the minute I stopped like trying to make that happen on my own, and just focused on what did the Lord call me to right here. Like focus, okay, the Lord called me to this church. I'm a pastor with these people. I'm helping this this worship team. So I'm just going to be all in here, and I'm going to let him take care of that. In some ways, I think of it like um, I was trying to like pastor my own dreams. Oh, preaching to the choir. Yes. Yeah, and then I, I realized, like, you know what? I need to just pastor these people that the Lord's given me, and I'll let I'll let him pastor my dreams. I'll let him water that garden, you know. And um, and so that's what he did. And then and then the Bethel music thing came. And um, yeah, we yeah, it's been yeah, it's been amazing. It's been we we tr- we actually stayed in Charlotte for a year after we after I signed with Bethel music, and I was still with my church. And then a year after that, we finally moved out to Reading, which was never our intention, and we didn't have to. We just. We just wanted to be with the church yeah. completely. So, um, so yeah, that's been it's been quite a journey, but um, it's been amazing, and I um, I'm glad it I'm glad it was it happened all in the Lord's time and not mine. <laughs> all throughout my history, your faithfulness is walked me the winter storms made way for spring in every season from where I'm standing
now a quick break from our conversation to talk about one of our amazing sponsors. Do you create wedding videos, podcasts, ads, content, maybe even one of those slideshows while you're trying to move your church into the 21st century? Well, Soundstripe is the answer to all your problems. The ultimate music stock site made for video producers, they offer a great variety of high quality royalty free songs and have an unlimited licensing model. This is literally one of a kind in the industry. And that is because it was created by musicians. With a monthly or yearly fee, you have unlimited access to world-class music. We are talking composers like Aaron Sprinkle and Matt Winton. Every time you license a song through Soundstripe, the royalty goes straight back to the musician. With curator playlist, new music every week, and more than 30,000 special effects, this is the ultimate source of music for creatives. Trust me, I've been using this since day one with Between You and Me, and I can tell you that any background music you are hearing comes directly from Soundstripe. They are absolutely incredible. When you sign up for Soundstripe today, you can get 10% off using the code UMEPOD. That is soundstripe.com with the code UMEPOD. And now, back to the show. How has your creativity and your songwriting um, developed since you've been at Bethel, purely knowing from an outsider's perspective that it is such, like, there is so much creativity there and, like, so much spirit-led worship and it's, like, insane talent. How has that helped you to develop and grow as an artist? Oh, well, I mean, it's it's been everything. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I think it's been... Um, it's been a combination of, of being there and being around the spiritual environment, environment there, and um, and the creativity that's there, and the and the amazing, talented people that are there. All of that, obviously, is going to just help take you to another level. But honestly, what's it's taught me, what I've learned since there is just like the work and the hard, the I hate to say hard work. I mean, it is hard work, but like the discipline side of yeah. all of that, that that's come. And I think for years I tried to write songs and just when I felt inspired, <laughs> you know, and that's it. And that didn't lead to very many songs and it didn't lead to very many finished songs and it didn't lead to very many good songs. But, you know, it, I realized like I actually, this if this is what I'm called to do, what I'm going to do, I, I need to actually just put real time in it as if it were a job. And sometimes that word can be like negative to, um, to, to creatives and stuff like oh a job but then some for me I needed to look at it like no this is my job this is how it's not only like a ministry and it's not only what the Lord's called me to do but it's also how I'm feeding my kids and <laughs> it's also you know it's, it's just real life like okay I want to get better at this so what I need to do is is is, is do it more and be disciplined and and through that it's I've found that the Lord a lot of times like inspiration will come through those moments of me just being disciplined and doing the daily thing, doing the, that daily grind. Yeah. And, um, but also it's been, um, collaboration. I've, I've, I've co-written more since I moved to Reading and, um, yeah, with all these amazing people in, in Reading and some friends of mine in other parts of the country. Um, and that's been, what that's pulled out of me is, is even more than I could have thought because, you know, you get together, I definitely have strengths and weaknesses in songwriting. And I finally, I feel like I know those now more than ever. Yeah. But the, the one, the things that I'm great at, the things that I'm not. And so I'll just partner with people who are good at the things I'm not and bad at the things that I am, you know? And we just <laughs> yeah. get together. And, and it's, um, it's, and I think especially for worship songs, for corporate kind of songs, 
um, when you get around more people, you start to get a picture of, of, of what might work with uh, with different people, you know. And so, yeah, it's been a combination of all that that's really helped take me to another level. Yeah. And, um, and, and, I, and I know there's still more to go. So That's like it. I love that. Finding out where things are. Yeah. Um, oh, this is something, because you talked about co-writing, um, yeah. this is actually fits right in perfectly. Um, there's a, hang on, I'm trying to get this right in my head. Um, with, I'm not a songwriter, so you can yeah. tell me if I'm completely okay. wrong here. Um, but okay. with, with worship songs, there's a sense like they need to be corporate. They're about leading people in a larger song. Um, yeah, yeah. But there's also a sense that there is, especially now in the Christian market, there are so many worship songs, great ones, but just so many. Um, And so I anticipate a challenge is writing something original, knowing that you have, in some ways, the same core content, like Jesus is Lord, to work with. Um, So where is the line between going like this is a scriptural truth we're not deviating from it but inserting your own personal story or touch into a song to make something new yeah no that's that's so real so so real um i mean i think sometimes that can be really discouraging when you start thinking about oh wow what has not been said in a worship song you know what what is when you're trying to find something and i think the more i dwell on that the more the more it hinders me from finding those those nuggets that live inside each one of us. Um, and the more I just focus on like, okay, well, what do I feel like the Lord's speaking to me? Because he's, we're, we're, I mean, he's created us each each different. So um, there's something in me that he, that, that, that there's, there's something in me that he wants to say that he's not going to, it's not going to come out in the same way that, that it will for somebody else. Yeah. So I can even sing the same song and it, and I'm making my own, and it won't come out the same way. So there's, I think even creatively speaking, there's a song that I can write that maybe has the same theme or something, but it's going to, if I write it and, and it really is coming from the deepest part of me, yeah. it's going to be original. It's going to sound like me and like yeah. the Lord in me. And I think, um, and then, then there's two, like a line, I think, um, then, uh, well, I think, there's some some kind of responsibility that is there at with it being corporate worship to, okay, I want a corporate body to come in and sing this. So in some ways, um, well, I'll explain it this way. I, I remember years ago, I wrote a song after some this, this big thing happened in my life. And it just, um, one of those where I was like, I just need the Lord. And so, I, you know, it was, a, it, was a, it was a sad time. It was a sad thing. It wasn't like super serious, but it was just sad to me in the moment. And I had been hurt, and I was, so I, my first thing to do was just run to my guitar and just worship. And out of that came this worship song. So I thought was a worship song. And so I remember the next Sunday I just did it at church, and it was rough. Oh. And it felt like my friend, well, at the time my best friend, he um, we were I was I was before this was before I was married. So I don't, he was my roommate, and he was like one of the pastors in the church, just full of wisdom. And uh, he was like, hey, man, I just feel like that song, I feel like you wrote that out of some hurt. I don't, I feel like <laughs> I'm so sorry. I was, like, I was like, it's a worship song, man. He's like, no, I just, I feel like maybe there's some healing that needs to take place. And then maybe you ask the Lord to give you 
a song that has come out of this. And I was like, oh, okay. And so I did. I, I just asked the Lord to bring the healing that I need. You know, time passed. And I ended up writing another song that at that time was like one of the best songs I'd written. And, and our church just it took off in our church, our little church. And, and we, my friend and I talked about it. And then you can see that song, you, it came out of like what the Lord has done with that hurt. You know, it, it came yeah. out of the healing part of it. And, and so I think sometimes in church, and in corporate worship especially, it's important to, to, to know, like, are we writing out of, like, a current hurt or a current situation that maybe um, maybe there's not healing? And I, and, and I know there's, we all go through sorrow, and there's there's something about addressing that um, yeah. corporately that's beautiful and, 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 and the, the lamenting and all that. And, um, and I don't want to knock that, but I know in some ways in songwriting, there, there is a responsibility to, like, to step back and say, what is this coming out of? What is yeah. what and inside of me? What are the, what are the, is this just a sad country song and doesn't need to just stay that? Or is this a song that's like vertic- like pointing people vertically and getting their eyes off themselves? Mm-hmm. You know? So yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, sometimes a, a funny line that you have to teeter yeah. on. But I, I, on a creative level, I totally resonate with that because I've definitely through the years as a journalist and a creative writer there have definitely been times when I'm like I'm gonna write about it and it's gonna be awesome and you're like oh like that was way too raw or just like not the right time and you write I write about it years later and I'm like oh I've got some perspective now (laughs) and some clarity and um I I really feel like that at the time it's like journal entries and then God does something with it and then he makes it like something beautiful and as an offering for the rest of the church and that's when right. it's powerful. Totally. Yeah. And there's time, you know, there's, you know, that's what I love about my, like, solo albums. <laughs> yes. I find, I find places on those albums to throw those songs on there that Beautiful. maybe come, that would speak to people in those seasons of their life. Like, oh, okay, yeah, he was hurting too. Yes. And this song came out of that. And that's, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I just think sometimes corporately, it's like, do we want to take this whole body, you know, down with us into this <laughs> situation yeah. that maybe not everyone's feeling you know yeah so. yeah i get it i love that you have the ability to go between your like your personal projects with your name on yeah. it and corporate because it gives you such a yeah. creative outlet to do whatever wherever you're led which is awesome oh yeah no it's it's such a gift i don't know i love that about Bethel music and i don't know what i would do without it yeah i'd probably burst inside and just i'd be posting songs on soundcloud you know under another name <laughs> Yes. Have like two different artist identities. It would be great. Yes, yes. <laughs> when darkness tries to roll over my bones, when sorrow comes to steal the joy I own. When brokenness and pain is all I know, I won't be shaken. No, I won't be shaken. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I.
questions. If uh, a fan met you on the street, uh, they may ask you this, or I'm just curious, so I had nowhere else to put it. So, okay. what is your most favourite album of all time? It can be any genre. Oh, wow. My goodness. That's so tough. I don't, there's so many good ones. I don't know if I can narrow it down. You, you can give me a handful because no one can answer one album. Trust yeah, me. I, mean, I know. That's like, <laughs> wow. That's almost impossible. Um, I mean, I'm, well, I'm, I actually didn't plan. I'm a huge Tom Petty fan. Perfect. Um, so I would say Tom Petty Wildflowers album is one of my all time favorites. Um, just to go with some, you know, some non worship leader albums here. Uh, <laughs> I'd have to say Tom Petty, Wildflowers, uh, Pete Yorn, Back and Forth. I love that album. But uh, I also love, um, I'll say the old school, the album that made me want to do live worship was uh, Delirious, Live in the Can. Live and in the Can, is that it? Yeah. yeah that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah that's, that's one of my all-time favorites. So. Yeah. Um, if you could co-write with anybody on Earth, living or dead, who would it be and why? Oh, man. Um, Just to make it easy for you. I know. Gosh, you're, you're, these are hard questions. <laughs> these are hard. All right, so if it, if, I'll, I'll give you two. Okay, I would say I would love to co-write with Johnny Cash. Oh, yes. That would be, I mean, I've never written with Martin Smith. So that, that would be great. Be I love him. Um, my last question for you. If you could go back to 2014, right before you and your family moved to Reading, what would you say to yourself, knowing what you know now? Oh, I would just say keep holding on. Keep holding <laughs> on. I think, uh, <laughs> I, um, yeah, that was like right at a time where I was almost giving up on like the promises of the Lord. You know, that time, it reminds me, I wrote a song about it called Abraham, which is about Abraham in the Bible, and you know, I, when I was reading about him, I was like, man, he asked the Lord. He reminded the Lord of those promises so many times. Like, you know, not, more than I remember reading about when I was reading but prior. You know, I was like, wow. So I think I was in that moment where I was like, hey, remember you said you did? Remember this? Remember this? You remember you said this? Remember you told me this? Remember you told other people to tell me this? And, uh, <laughs> so, yeah, and I was just like, I just, the, the, the thing I would always hear was like, just, hold on, keep going, keep doing what you're doing. You're not in the wrong place. It just, you know, it might feel tough at times, but yeah, so I would just say, keep going, keep holding on.
Josh was fantastic. I I genuinely love talking to him. We got to FaceTime um, with the interview, which was fun because I actually got to like, we got to see each other's faces when we talked. And that doesn't always happen in my interviews, but it makes a world of difference. And it was really fun uh, being able to do that purely because the whole world was in isolation at that moment. So being able to see someone from across the other side of the world and say, hey, we're both in really like bizarre places. I was recording from a caravan because uh, my whole family's working from home and time zones. He's recording from a family member's house in a different state. And so it was just this fun uh, moment of going, oh yeah, like humans, like we're all the same. We're all going through something similar right now uh, with COVID. And so that was a breath of fresh air. I love talking to Josh. As I said at the start, I was surprised um, just because I'm always a bit apprehensive about the big machine of Christian music and worship music. But time and time again, uh, Josh included, people remind me just by showing up and being themselves that that's an industry and people are separate to the industry, that there are people who are part of it and it gets complex. But when you sort of put that to the side and just see a person for who they are, there's some real beauty there. And I loved getting to meet Josh. His EP, which we talked about, Live in Church, is out now on all streaming platforms. And you can also get his latest single, Evidence, which is out today. So you can get that on Apple, Spotify, Deezer, wherever you get music, go and find it. You can also go and follow Josh on social media and tell him how much you loved hearing his story and how excited you are about his music. Just find him at Josh. Baldwin, pretty self-explanatory, and all the notes and links will be in the show notes for you to do that. Thank you again, Josh, for making this happen. It was a real joy and a privilege. Thank you. Guys, that's all we have for this week. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for being open to wrestling with hard things and for talking about unity and division and all those sticky topics. I'm glad we can do it together. And I'm glad that this table is long enough and wide enough that Anyone who comes with a heart of love can sit around it. It makes me really happy and shows me what the church is meant to look like. Until next week, please make sure you go hit subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform or Spotify. And if you enjoy what you hear, go and give us a review. It helps people hear these incredible interviews more. You can also connect with us on social media at Between You Me Pod. And you will find all our episodes and extra show notes and all those fun things at our website at betweenyouandmepod.com. That is all we have. My name is Jessica Morris and I will see you next Friday with a brand new episode. Until then, here's the hope. Maybe cling to it with all our hearts. How can I say it as well when my voice can barely speak? How can I sing you a song in the midst of suffering? Jesus, you need me here. Let your peace wash over me. Cause I need you now more than ever. Teach my soul to sing. My God is still in control And still He reigns on His throne Though mountains may tremble and sea billows roll I'll sing it is well with my soul My God is still in control
to this podcast on iTunes or Stitcher. For more Christian news, reviews, and interviews, get plugged in to JesusWire.com. Oh.